Sometimes in life we find ourselves in a dark place and we don't know how to get out of it or if we ever will. And that's okay. You may feel so devastatingly alone, surrounded by those you love or afraid that you'll never feel the same again. But never underestimate your ability to speak as a simple phone call could change a life. And that's why it is so special that we had Carly Gangel on the podcast today. Carly is an incredible human living a life that sets her soul on fire. I mean, Carly owns a gym where she teaches martial arts to all ages. She puts on fighting events. She teaches women self-defense. I mean, the list goes on of the amazing things that Carly does. But within all of that beauty and all of that happiness, Carly touched on a really special thing that although life on the outside may seem so great, what's happening on the inside can be so saddening and so devastating. And that's why it's so important to know that it's not weak to speak and someone is there for you. We hope you enjoyed today's episode as much as Dan and I did. And in the episode notes, we provided some amazing resources to reach out to if anything in this episode hit you or upset you or made you realize a few things. So with that, thank you so much for being part of this little journey and chat today and ciao for now. Twila Mani Budnik Twila Wakana Padnik Naigana Biako Manklankla Manawachanga Gana Mina Naiwangandi Mani the Budnik Gani Yatana Irindi Yata Tandendanga Wada Irabina Nainari Kamatbi Maricha Hello and welcome to this podcast coming to you over the lightning brain being the internet. My name is Mickey O'Brien, a descendant of the Ghana people, and it is my pleasure to welcome you here to the Adelaide Plains. We uh, call upon the spirit people of our ancestors to bring you good blessings and to send away that sadness. We say that our face, it tells us where we've been, but our heart tells us where to go. Never say goodbye, always say see you later. So, nakara to you, nechaya, thank you for coming, because you're the important person when you come to a place. Welcome to the Triple H Podcast, where we embrace vulnerability and encourage authenticity as we have meaningful conversations with the people in our lives. We're your hosts, Dan and Jed, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Triple H podcast. It's your host, Jed and Dan. How are you? Good, thanks, Jed. How are you? So very well. So glad to be back on the microphone again. Another pod. Another pod, another episode. Very special one coming up. But before we get to that, what's been going on? Nothing much. Obviously, uh, fringe is over. So all the partying's done. We're going to knuckle down, get back into... uh to more serious stuff like this podcast and university and all the boring things, but it's been a lovely month and you've been away. Yeah. You've been in Melbourne. How was that? Again. Back to back. Yeah. I went for one week, DJ'd. Had a fun time. Came back for three days, went back. You just love it. You should just move. Oh. You okay. considered it? No, but now that you've said that, I guess I am. Yeah. Okay. If my best mate tells me to move, it's good to know. Yeah. Good to know where we sit. Be good to get you away for just a bit. Just a little bit longer? Just six months. Okay. No, um, yeah, I had a lovely time. Saw a lot of people I don't get to see. Saw my brother, which was great. Saw Crows lose. Are you really surprised by no, that? No, no, not at all. But I still love them. Almost, also, got, almost got burnt. Also, random thing. Yeah, really random thing how the whole MCG got evacuated. For no reason Midway too. through the second quarter. And then I love how it just came up on the screen. It was like, sorry guys, false alarm. It was the weirdest experience ever. I was a part of that. But less about, less about that. I think we've got more important things to talk about than the MCG today. Absolutely. Because today on this wonderful podcast, we get to have a chat with someone. How do they come into contact with this person? 
honestly, shout out my hero, my sister, Sam, Samantha, for getting me in contact and saying, Jed, you really got to chat with this person. This person's going to be amazing and is going to give so much and is going to shed a whole new perspective that we don't normally have or just ideas or thoughts that one is as two men, Dan and I have no idea and two pretty privileged people and, and, you know, we have a lot of bias towards a lot of certain stuff. So I think the real purpose of us doing this podcast was to be able to get so many different perspectives on so many different stories, so many different ideas. And we didn't want to be typecasted or boxed into one sort of thing. And that's why it's really special that we have someone that has really made a name for themselves within fighting community, within all round bad ass community, someone strong, powerful, someone that the more and more I've got to know them just through communications to organizing this episode, just by seeing the work that they do has really inspired me constantly and someone that really appears to just be really nailing shit. And, and building our community from the ground up. Absolutely. And all by herself, all the yeah. stuff that she's doing. Yeah, and just, just really hands on and just really making something happen. Someone who's an established fighter, someone who has a gym at the age of 24. Dan, what do we have? A box. Yeah, a box with some recording gear and that's about it and a, and a, and a, and a, and a hex debt and that's all we've really got. Whereas this amazing person sitting across from us, Carly Gangel, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How Welcome are you? Welcome to the pod. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. We're good. We're really just lucky to have you sitting in your gym, sitting in this amazing kind of environment that you've created for so many people. Thank you. Yeah, I can't say I've done it alone though and it's, yeah, uh, yeah it is pretty cool. It's a pretty special environment. I think when I walked in straight away I could sense how community spirited it is and seeing all the merchandise, not merchandise, memorabilia, and all the bags and stuff like you just feel like you want to get involved. And I think that's the best place, best part about this sort of place is that you just want to get involved and get your hands dirty and learn some important skills that obviously you teach. Is there some things that you wanted to touch on just about your program that you run? Yeah. Um, so obviously we're here at Boar's Martial Arts. So this is a family run martial arts centre. So my dad started it 27 years ago. Um, he's been involved in martial arts forever. So this is kind of his uh, baby and I guess I was just born into it and then it's been my life ever since, I guess. So um, I run Females Fighting Forward, uh, which is a women's self-defence and martial arts program. So um, that's what I do day to day, but I guess the gym as a whole, we do so much in the community and we offer so many different programs for kids all the way through to adults as well. So there's a lot going on in these uh, four walls. So when you started, what, what age did you start doing all this sort of Muay Thai sort of stuff? Um, so like I said, I was very fortunate to be born into it. So I started karate. I probably got on the mats when I was about three years old. So I've been around it forever. Um, in terms of getting into Muay Thai and like really taking it seriously, I was about 12 years old when I realized that it was what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. And I know that sounds really strange to say when I was 12 that I knew, but I actually did. And I remember the exact moment that I thought, yeah, I know. What was that exact moment? Um, my dad actually took me to my first fight show because I expressed interest in wanting to learn Muay Thai and potentially compete one day. So he took me to my first event and I was really lucky at that event that there was actually a female fight on the card, which wasn't, um, it wasn't very common back then. I say back then, like I'm so old, but you know, back then. Um, and I watched these two females in the ring and I literally sat there and I was like, that's what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. And here I am. The spark just fired within you. And it did. You, now, yeah. now you look back. Now you must look back and just go, wow, this is so cool. Because like I've spoken to many people about a lot of people do certain things and they just don't have any passion for it. They just do it because they just do it. But for you to be able to have your own studio and run programs, you must every day wake up thinking today's going to be such a good day. I get to teach people what I'm passionate about and teach them really valuable skills. Yeah, it is pretty amazing. Like I never have a day where I don't want to work um, and I am really passionate about what I do. So sometimes I have to pinch myself that this is the life that I live, but I would rather be like if I really struggled doing this, I would rather be in struggle town rather than, you know, having a really cruisy life in like a – a corporate job. So I even went to university because I was like, oh, maybe I should have something that I'm going to fall back on. Yeah. But 
at the end of the day, I always knew that I was never actually going to put my degree into play. <laughs> Why are you so passionate? Do you think about what you do? I think because when it's martial arts, a lot of people turn to it because they are lacking something in their life, whether it's they lack self-confidence, self-worth or something bad has happened to them and a lot of the time that's why people walk through our doors. So to then see how what we teach and how our culture is and our community, how that can really change their life and then to see how they walk out the door as a completely different person, that's why I do it and that's why I'm passionate about it. Have you had any incidents like that where you've met someone where they come in, they might be shy or they might have a certain story and then they come here and they sort of learn a lot of like influential skills that they can sort of take away? Have you had any incidents before? Lots. 90% of people have got a reason that they walk through the doors, so it's endless. Um, one that always pops to my mind is I actually have one of my fighters. She came through the door, um, the doors and she had anxiety. She lacked a lot of confidence and you could see that by the way that she walked and, and you know, the way that she held herself and she – um, she would classify herself as overweight. I wouldn't, but that for her was a reason that she lacked confidence. And she is now one of my fighters and, you know, she completely transformed her life. She holds herself completely different to how when she first walked in, you know, she used to stand at the back of the class and shy away from having a group photo and now she's front and centre and she's had some amazing fights and, you know, it's a pretty raw thing to go from lacking confidence to stepping into the ring and, and really owning who you are and, you know, essentially getting involved in one of the most brutal combat sports in the world. You know, you put everything on the line. There's no, there's no hiding in there. It's like once you're in, you're in. Once you're in, you're in. Yeah. It's very, it's very scary and confronting. So you must look at that situation and go, that makes me so proud. This is why I do it basically. It does. Yeah. And like we always say here, it doesn't matter if people are, doesn't matter how fit you are. It doesn't matter how talented you are. Like, come in, be a good member of the community, take away what we give you and really enjoy it. You know, that's what really matters to us. I think that inclusivity probably makes one of the reasons why this this program here is so successful is because people feel welcomed and they want to come here and then someone does well and they go, hey, I've been having the best time. You should come out as well. Yeah, exactly right. And I think because we are so inclusive, that's why the club has done so well. So a shout out to my dad who's obviously built this from day day one and he has always been very welcoming of everyone which is why we've got such a family community here um as I was saying to you before we don't just get the you know the teenage boy sign up we get the teenage boy we get mum we get dad we get the little sister you know like everyone feels like they can be a part of this community and that's why it's so special on my way here I was because what we like to do is that's really really a great recap of you of what you do but one thing we're really important on and we keep pushing is this idea that we love what people do and that's why we're so lucky to have people doing amazing things that they love but we're more about them and getting to know the people behind these amazing journeys and stories. And your Insta bio is living a life that sets my soul on fire and that's often a question that we ask our guests is what sets your soul on fire? But I don't think we really need to because I just feel like you've encapsulated all of that there, if I can have a stab at it, I would just say it's working with communities, it's building people's sense of self and strengthening that and giving people, giving back to people. You've, I feel like that's my understanding of just that last little bit there of what you do. Yeah, for sure. I think that definitely sums it up. I think as well, just making the most of every single day, you know, waking up and chasing your dream and doing what you want to do. Like it's okay to struggle, but don't, don't just go through life just because it's comfortable. You know, you've got to do the things that, that really do set your soul on fire. That's some really good advice. Well, then what I will ask then to shift it back to you is what do you think is your biggest flaw? Oh, gosh. Should I get my list out? <laughs> um, my biggest flaw. There's so many. <laughs> um, yeah. But I would probably <laughs> say something I've noticed is – I I definitely overwork, I overdo it and that it's not just saying oh I do a lot of hours, it's I let my passion consume me so if I'm doing something I don't have time for anything else and my head is down and I'm focused and I get it done 
but that means I miss out on a lot of important things and sometimes I can get into my own little bubble and forget about the world around me, which isn't great. It can come across as a little bit self-centred at times. So as I get older, it's something that I need to be aware of as you try to build relationships and, you know, maintain a proper life, I guess, outside of work. Would you ever drop anything right now to have more time to do other things or are you you're really happy with all the stuff that you're doing? Um, do you know what's funny is I actually made a huge decision last year to drop a couple of major things in my life to focus on just a few um, and it just made the biggest difference. You know, like I went from being the most stressed person to actually making time to do things with friends and family and do other things that set my soul on fire that aren't just work related because you do just get so consumed by it. So I guess like Ash Barty, for example, like she's just retired recently and she, she obviously loves tennis, but she's dropped that to then set her soul on fire on other things. Like she has all these passions about all these different things that she wants to do. So could you ever see yourself moving into a, a new career or you just love Muay Thai. I could never move on. This is it. This is the rest of my life. But I think I'm learning the work-life balance. So sometimes you can't have it all. You've got to make time for other things that are important. And I think a big lesson that I've learned recently is I love my job. We do great things in the community. But at the end of the day, when I'm unable to work, there's only going to be one thing that actually matters. And that's the people that are around you. So if you're not investing in those relationships, then... At the end of the day, you've got, yeah, you've got nothing. That's what's really important. Speaking of those families and all those relationships and people that we have, that's a perfect segue. Your hero, Carly, who is your biggest hero? Um, So I guess I'll start off by saying that I'm very privileged and fortunate to have so many heroes in my life. Like I grew up with an amazing family sports system, great friends and whatnot. So The list is endless, but I guess I'm going to be that person that comes out and says my hero is my mum because she is just, if anyone listening that knows my mum, a.k.a. Jano, she is the world's biggest legend for so many reasons, so many reasons. So she is in a way a little bit polar opposite to me. She's... (laughs) It's going to sound bad, but she's so kind and she puts everyone before herself. And I think the biggest thing that she has taught me is how to work hard. Like she is the hardest working person I know. So um, for anyone that knows her and if you follow me on Instagram, she literally has her own highlight reel because she's that funny. Like she's the funniest comedian ever. And she is never takes life seriously. I've never seen her angry or sad. She's always laughing and making a joke and that's what people see on the outside. But if you really know her on a personal level, she level, she's a very successful businesswoman and she has created this mini empire that has created a life that Um, her and my dad live and what she's provided for the family. So, yeah, she's just the hardest working woman I know and I'm sure everyone can say that about their their mum essentially but she really is the hardest worker in the room. I think it's it's awesome that you've obviously had so many great memories with her and and what reminded me is that those funny videos, like my sister has a real – like my mum herself and I think it's so good to have all these amazing memories. Is there times where she's sort of straightened you out a little bit and had moments where you go, no, Carly, you need to like sort this out, taught you really valuable lessons? Yeah, I think the biggest one has been obviously being in martial arts and being a fighter and all that sort of jazz. You know, everything's really hard-headed and lacks emotion. So sometimes when life's getting rough or you know, training's hard or, you know, you get stuck in your own head, you're trying to focus on business and whatnot, she'll just come up and she'll just, you know, give you a hug or she'll just be like, you just need to just chill out, like just stop taking it so seriously. And that is the most powerful thing that I feel a mum can do is they just make everything seem okay. It's pretty powerful. I want to know a little bit more about your mum, actually. Can we get to know Jano a little bit more? Can we just get to know from your perspective more about her? Like what sets, you know, what's her story? Where's she been? What's she been doing? Her her little idiosyncrasies. Tell us more. Was she instrumental in you dropping a lot of those things last year? Um, I think so without her actually realising it. She just is completely different to 
probably the way the rest of my family is. You know, we we're not we're not emotional people. We don't really hug. You know, like that's that's the sort of vibe my family has. But then she's not like that. She, if you can just picture someone with a glass of champagne in their hand, dancing around the house with the music on, like that's the sort of vibe this woman has. So to be surrounded by martial artists and really hard-headed people, she just stands out. She's like a breath of fresh air. Why is she like that? I don't know. There's a part of me that thinks maybe she's like that to level the rest of us out, which then comes back to her putting others before herself. And then sometimes I also think maybe she's like that to survive. Yeah, sure. To survive with yeah. us around her. But, yeah, and anybody that knows her will say the same thing. Like she's just – she's a breath of fresh air. She's like – everyone says to me all the time, you are so lucky to have a mum like that. And it's so true. Like you can't have her in the room and not laugh. Is it a big family? Like does she hold the house down? Is she sort of like the, the captain of this, that team? How many, do you have many siblings? I have two older siblings. So I'm going to say from the outside – no, but when you're on the inside, she is the pole that holds up the circus tent. Like yep. she really keeps everyone sane. If you could describe your mum in three words, describe Jano in three words, what would they be? Uh, selfless, hilarious. That's a good word. I'm going to say legendary. Legendary, <laughs> Legendary. Sure. Like, for example, her name's Jane. No one calls her Jane, it's Jano. And when you get to know her, it just makes so much sense. Makes sense that she's a Jano. Yeah, yeah. like she's literally had people come up to her in public or at fight shows and be like, oh, my God, you're Jano. Like you're Jano from the from The real, she loved that. Is that like (laughs) a big thing? Yeah, she does. She's like, wow, I have fans out there. But it's so funny because sometimes people would be like, oh, I saw that video of you doing this, this and this. And she'll be like, what? How do you know about that? She could start her own TikTok. You could get her on little TikTok videos. Yeah. Literally, she could have her own TV show. She's that funny. Might have to get her on the pod one day. Oh Might have to wow! Just a comedy hour with Jano. Well, it would be funny. Funny, say that, Jed. We should we should get her on right now and in here. What she yeah, says. I think so. I think that's a really mind. good idea. I reckon we should uh, bring up that phone and let's give Jano a ring. So let's hear what Jano's got to say. All right. Let's see if she picks up. She's uh, she's a bit hopeless with her phone, but we'll see. <laughs> Hi, Jano. Yeah, what's happening? Hi, um, I'm actually just on a podcast at the moment and you're on here with us. What? <laughs> you're on, I'm on a podcast called the Triple H Podcast and you're on it as well so they can hear what you're saying so maybe just keep the jokes okay, to the, they, can, they can hear me? Yeah, so just keep the jokes to a minimum. Oh. <laughs> um, oh, so part best of behavior. yes, best behavior. Scratch that. Just before you <laughs> jump in, Jano, worst behavior. Worst Jano, we want to hear <laughs> all. We want to hear unfiltered Jano. We want to hear all the jokes, all the laughs. But I'm gonna I'm gonna step away from the microphone now. But I just needed to say that we we want full Jano. <laughs> uh, oh my god. <laughs> Um, so Jano, essentially the podcast, um, the Triple H podcast, I had to talk about my hero and you are my hero. <laughs> I'm your hero. You're my hero. <laughs> Would you like to oh, hear thanks. why? <laughs> yeah, well, I've got no superpowers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. That's yeah, a Jano sure. Um, so essentially, I probably haven't ever told you this before, but... You are my hero because you are just a downright legend and you keep our our circus of a family upright. You're the pole to the circus tent, essentially. Um, and I just want to thank you for everything that you've done and also for teaching me to be the hardest worker in the room. And, yeah, thank you for always levelling us out and keeping us all sane, essentially, because you are the funniest and best mum out there. Oh, thanks, Carl. Oh, that's beautiful. I might not be able to answer now because I might cry. <laughs> I know. I feel a bit teary. I feel like this is a bit of a new level oh. for our family because we don't really do emotion, oh. do we? Well, don't have time for that, do we? <laughs> oh, that's lovely. Thanks, Carl. That's okay. Yeah, I just wanted to uh, to let you know that you're my hero. I might, I might have to put my um, suit on now then, my Wonder Woman suit. <laughs> 
Yeah, you, we'd love that. You go and do that, Jano. <laughs> yeah. Jano, if you put your Wonder Woman suit on, make sure to send us a photo. All right, we need that for the uh, for the Content. Instagram, and maybe even your oh. reel. We've heard so much about your infamous uh, Instagram reel, Jano. So we oh might have to uh, direct all our followers to the Jano reel because I think there's a wealth of gold there, Jano. Yeah, it's pretty embarrassing. That is mm, actually. Yeah, it's a bit rough, <laughs> Jano. Just before you go, I just want to ask. I've heard you're a comedian, a downright hilarious. Legend, do you have any jokes oh. for us? Any jokes on the top of the head? Don't have to have one if you don't. Well, well actually, I, I get told millions of jokes. Yeah, but I just can't remember them. No. You don't have any. You don't have any you can call to mind. Not one. I, I don't. I, I honestly can't remember them. I get told some fantastic jokes, but then I go to tell them, but not just can't think of any. Sorry. Well, <laughs> don't worry, Jano. That's that's me. I'm always funny on the spot, but when but when you're trying to no. think of something, it just doesn't work. So. We, we trust we trust you're the, the funniest in the room. Jano, thank you oh. so much for jumping on. That oh, was wonderful. That's okay. Yeah, I'm okay. Yeah, no, that's great. Thank you very much. Thanks, oh. Carl. Thanks, Jano. Thanks for coming on. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. I'll, I'll talk to you soon. <laughs> okay, bye. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs> I love how positive she is. She this, is. She is. So this is the best part of the phone chats is because you get to talk about her and you say legendary and you say awesome and all, all these things. It makes sense now. Like you hear that and you go, I want to be around that. I could just hear it in her voice and the way she was saying things like, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, thanks. I could thanks. see her waking up every day. <laughs> Today's going to be a bloody good day. That is, that is <laughs> literally her. Rolls yes. out of bed. Just, Carl? You know what? Carl? Was she calling you Carl? Carl. Probably. Carl, <laughs> I love you. You're the best. Now get on with it. You don't have time yeah. for this emotion rubbish. All right. Literally. Crack on. See? She said it as well. Yeah, see? But um, no, uh, thanks for the opportunity for doing that. It's Imagine the difference in the world if we all just picked up the phone and told people we loved what we thought about them. That's huge. There that, it is. Yeah. There it is right there, everyone. You heard it first. Like we could, I could literally do that. Like I, I know how many people it would mean the world to if I made that phone call. So why don't we do it? You like could. why isn't that just a thing that we do every day? There Let's break down habits and that's what we're all about here. Triple H, we're breaking down old habits, old things that we used to do. And you heard it here first, everyone, from Kylie, is pick up the bloody phone and give the people that mean something in your life a ring and tell them why. I think that is such a really good point and that's something that I'm really passionate about is that it's so easy to flick people a text or thanks for today, thanks so much, but actually give them a phone call and for them to hear your voice and show how much it means to you. I think it's so – I think we all are so vulnerable. I feel like obviously we talk about we want to be vulnerable and, and embrace it more and be authentic, but it's still something that we're trying to continue to break down. And I really appreciate you talking about that because that's the reason why we're doing this podcast is to encourage people to have these conversations and, and talk with the people that they love and – a lot of people that come on mention their families and mention their parents about how much they do to us. But it's so easy to go day by day getting stuck in this zone of just being banked down by like all this work we're doing and not really appreciate. And I'm the same. I just talked about how I need to treat my mum with more respect and that's something that I'm still trying to get better at. But I really appreciate uh, you speaking on behalf of that and conversations are, are essential for the way we're going. So thank you for that, Kylie. But now without further ado, I guess it is – Time to head on into the meaty part of the sandwich, as I like to call it, biggest hardship. Um, so I had a real big think about this and obviously everyone's got several hardships and there's a lot of ones that are just really basic and black and white. But getting into the nitty gritty, I had a pretty big hardship last year and I think this is really important for me to share because, like I said, in the industry that I'm in and – the way that people probably view me, it's its not a lot of emotion. So for me to talk about this, it's, it's pretty big. So this might get a little bit emotional, so <laughs> bear with me. So being a fighter, obviously we don't have a lot of emotion and everything's just get on with it. And last year, I'm going to say I had a midlife crisis at the age of 20, how old have I been? I was 23, 23. And it was kind of a combination of things. It was probably... Um, I went through a separation, which was one thing, um, which was really difficult. Um, but then also I buried myself in work. So I run Pride Fight Series, which is a fight event, and I ran one of those. And essentially what I did was I just worked myself into the ground because I felt like if I wasn't achieving anything that I was pretty much just worthless. Like in, 
when I stopped fighting and I stopped bringing home belts, which every fighter gets to a point where that where they know that that's not the life that they're living anymore. So I felt like if I wasn't putting on a big show or I wasn't doing something extreme with my life that I had absolutely no worth. So I went into a really dark place and because mental health is not something that I've ever been spoken to about, so it wasn't a topic in my family and it never has been in my workplace either. Um, so I went into a pretty dark place and I was just work, work, working. I remember on the night of my show, it was Pride 3, I stood in the corner of one of the biggest fight shows that South Australia has probably had in terms of the crowd, the fight card. It was it was absolutely incredible, this massive production that I pulled together with with help but essentially by myself and I stood there and I just thought I don't want to be here anymore and it was such a hard moment because it was meant to be the best most biggest achievement of my career and I hated it I hated every second sorry (laughs) so I was in this really bad place and on the outside I was super successful, like I had all these belts. On that particular night, I ran that production and all of my fighters won, which is a little bit unheard of. You know, I had four four fights for four wins with my own female fight team, which was incredible. And I actually, I actually planned to take my own life that month and I fell into a massive rut and I didn't realise that I had some mental health issues um, and I, I didn't know who I could turn to because it wasn't something that I had ever spoken to anyone about or really had anyone speak to me about it to tell me about it. And I think the hard part is is that often I'm the person that people will turn to when they're having a tough time and it's it was really hard for me because I felt like I didn't have that person which I actually did I just didn't I just didn't have the tools to know how to reach out I thought I was being weak and I thought I was just letting things get to me so I was just in a really bad place and it's still really hard for me to admit it's not something that is out there in the open for people to know but I do think it's really important to talk about because I know that there's several people that could be potentially feeling the same way. So I actually did plan to take my own life and I don't say that lightly like it was it's a really hard time and then something actually happened that completely changed my mind. I have a friend called Steve and every Friday Steve messages me to see how I'm going or to say have a nice day. He's a lot older and he's got a beautiful family and I think for a long time he actually saw straight through my exterior and he could see that I was having a really hard time and a couple of times he would message me and say, hey, let's catch up for coffee. I used to absolutely love it because, I don't know, I guess people our age don't really do that. You know, you don't go, I think my friend's struggling, I'm just going to call them and say let's get coffee. So I used to absolutely look forward to when he would he would just call me when he was driving at work and just be like, how are you going? And this particular Friday was the week before that I had planned to do this and he left me a voicemail because I didn't pick up my phone because I couldn't because I don't think I was going to be able to talk to someone or, you know, if he said, how are you, how are you meant to say I'm in the worst place I've ever been in? And I absolutely hate my life. Like, how do you just say that? Like on a Friday conversation. But anyway, he left me a voicemail and he literally said, I just want to let you know that you are loved and you are doing amazing things and I just want to know how you're going. And that voicemail literally saved my life. And all he did was pick up the phone just to see how I was going. And I very quickly realised that... I could turn to someone and I did and I turned to him and I told him a lot about myself and it just happened to be that he 
was just someone that wasn't judgmental and he literally just sat there and listened to me like he didn't he didn't want anything for it he doesn't owe me anything he literally was just there for me and it was such a powerful moment because it made me think as we were talking about before why don't we just pick up the phone and ask how people are going or tell them what they mean to us and he just made the biggest difference to my life and I'm so grateful for him and I actually wrote him a letter that I was going to leave for him to tell him how much I appreciated him always checking in on me and offering me advice and you know letting me know that I was always welcome to come over for dinner with his family and and whatnot and I actually caught up for coffee with him a few months down the track after this and I actually gave him my letter because I wanted him to know how much of an impact he had made on my life and I think a big thing that I took away from it and I'm taking away from it again just by saying this out loud is we really should tell people how much we love them and the good that they do for us on a daily basis. Like don't don't leave it unsaid. Pick up the phone and say it and just tell people you appreciate them. So in a nutshell, that was my hardship. It was just probably six to 12 months of mental health battles and not actually knowing how to get through it. And um, I guess for me it was burying myself in work and making myself seem really successful to try and hide that. But it's not something to hide and it's not, it's not weak to speak. And I take that away from um, a professional fighter actually – uh, Charlie Bubb, he talks about it all the time. He's a bit of a mental health advocate and I remember him, you know, always preaching it's not weak to speak and that was something that I also thought about in in those moments when I was listening to Steve's voicemail. I thought it's not weak to speak. I can reach out and ask someone for help and I did and I got the help that I needed and even this year like so many great things have happened and just to think that I may not have been here to see the light at the end of the tunnel. So I just hope anyone that is having a hard time, no matter how bad it seems, there is always light at the end of the tunnel. Even if it's far away, it's still there. Carly, uh, from myself, because obviously Jed will speak as well, I'm incredibly proud of you. Um, That is something that I've been drilled into me for the past couple of years is that speaking is the strength and it is really unfortunate that these situations happen when they, when people don't speak. And for you to be able to come on here and come on this platform, and this is exactly why we have this podcast, is for people to listen to others and feel relatable and feel like Carly's doing all these incredible things when it comes to all your gym stuff and all the fighting. For you to be able to speak about that, I'm incredibly proud of you to open up and thank you for that and, and, and know that you are an incredible person who has a lot of support and for that gentleman to be able to speak to you every single day. I think that's what we're trying to, and you yourself included, you said that I really want to advocate for people to call more and text more and, and check in more. So that's some really good advice that, that you've given. So thank you for that. What, what would you say to yourself looking back now, if you were able to have a conversation, what, what would you talk to yourself about? I think I would say there is there's always light at the end of the tunnel like I said before it's it doesn't matter how big of a rut you're in it doesn't matter how bad things seem you know you've made a mistake you've done wrong by someone whatever it may be it will be okay just reach out to someone someone you know that is level-headed and can help you make the steps you know that they may not give you the advice they may not be able to actually get you to the other side but the right person will be able to point you in the right direction and that's exactly what I had is and even just to say it out loud. So just reach out to someone, anyone, it will be okay. How do you think the stigma of fighting in Muay Thai can be sort of shone away from mental health? Is there something that you would like to do to sort of advocate for a bit more or is it it something the industry can just do to advocate for mental health more? I think there are things definitely being put in place 
I, th- I think the world is getting better with mental health as a whole. Um, one thing I'd really like to do is support a charity through Pride Flight Series. So I'd like to support a mental health program through that. So that would be my way of, of giving back. For me, this is the first step is sharing what I went through. And I think that's the first step for me and whatever comes from here will, will come. But if I didn't share my my week, my week time, then I really can't be an advocate for it. I need to step up and, and share that I've been through that as well. That's a really good point. Really proud of you for talking about that. I can't say I know how you feel. You know, we live different lives and we're different people and we get faced with different adversities. So I don't want to trivialise what you've been through or, or try to relate it or anything like that. But I can, that feeling of not wanting to be here, that um feeling of darkness that feeling of hey this isn't going to get any better you know I've spoken about this before on the on the pilot as well and it's interesting my last year was pretty pretty average as well for certain things but part of me definitely was struck when you talked about that pride fight and that highlight right like this really amazing moment this really like quote-unquote perfect day for me it was my 21st last year and I feel like it's almost those moments that kind of act as a uh, kind of signpost or like a flashing light that something is wrong for me. And you you just were speaking and I just kind of fell into my own little world there for a moment when you were talking about that. I've just, you know, your fighters had won and you're just watching this amazing event that you've put on and you just didn't want to be there. I just feel that wholeheartedly. I remember being there at my 21st and just watching to see if people have an amazing time just not wanting to be alive and I just I find it so fascinating that so thank you for sharing that was a lot for me as well that meant a lot for me to hear someone talk about that so thank you for sharing you've already impacted my life a little bit more just in this one conversation so if if nothing else happens today you made you made someone else who went through a tough time feel it as well so thank you for sharing thank you yeah strength it isn't just exterior stuff I think strength is like you talked about being able to have those conversations and and put that away and put away that I'm won these belts and won all this sort of stuff. Be able to have the confidence and courage to actually approach that person because it takes a lot for that gentleman to be able to message you and stuff like that and call you. That takes a lot of effort to continue to. But for you to be able to say, you know what, I do really – need to speak to someone about this. And obviously, like you said, that voice message really made a difference. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Shout out Steve. Mm. Shout out Steve for saving your life. That's a very special moment and bond that you two will have forever. Mm. I'm sure of that. And We need more Steves. We need more Steves in the world. I actually say that all the time. (laughs) The world would be a better place if there were more Steves. We second that. It's really interesting, like, just from a – perspective like we've, we've talked about it we had your mum say don't have time for emotions we've had you a really successful fighter and someone who's strong and doesn't let shit get to them and just carries on and heads down but I think you've really tapped into a really special thing right is this as Dan said as well you can be strong you can win all these belts you can be a tough fighter you're badass mm. I'm not stepping into a fucking room <laughs> with you Carly yes you will be after the episode but no right you were strong but in that moment you felt like the weakest person in the world and so I think it's just so amazing and just touches on such a incredible point like just we can we can put these masks on and we can do all these amazing things and put these facades up but really what matters is is really in there and and it's it takes a lot to open that up and to share with us and to share with so many listeners so just one more time, yeah, I think. Just thank you. Let's uh, let's transition on to your highlight now because after seeing all those belts and all those sort of things, there could be incredible highlights with all your fighting, but at the same time you're a human being, so there's more to you than just your belts and fighting. So we'd love to hear about your highlight, Carly. I've got so many highlights. I've lived a very colourful life. One of the biggest highlights was just – even just my nieces and nephews being born. I know that sounds a bit cliche, but it's true. Like, you know, the family is everything. Um, in terms of myself, 
I am going to say it was uh, winning a gold medal at the World Championships in Thailand. Not because it was the World Championships or anything like that. It was the year before I had won that I had gone to the World Championships um, as well and I lost my first bout so I didn't progress any further. And the following year I qualified again, but that was my year 12 year. So I was in year 12, I was running a business and then I I was trying to compete at a high level as well. Going to those championships and going through everything that you do as a fighter is hard. But then I think for me winning that world title was the starting point for me in my life where Again, I'm going to sound pretty cliche, but telling myself that anything was possible. So anything that I wanted, I could achieve. And in that moment, it was kind of proven to me. So I was told so many times, you can't run a business, you can't complete year 12 decently, and you can't go to the world championships. And I did all of that in one year. And yeah, that was my biggest takeaway, I think, was that you can do anything and if you want something bad enough you will put the systems and the processes in place to make it happen so that for me was kind of like the start of me setting really high goals and high expectations for the rest of my life so good good and bad sometimes but Yeah. yeah I would say that was that was my highlight I want you to close your eyes for me And I want you to take us there and take us back to 2015 and you're in Thailand and take us to the last round, the last fight. Can you tell me what you're hearing? Could you just kind of visualize that? Can you just kind of set a scene for us? I just want to be there. I want to be there in your highlight with you. Um, All right. So the last round, it was late in Bangkok and it was really hot. It was an outdoor event. Yep. And in that last round, I was exhausted. Like this was one of the highest pace fights I think I ever had. And it was so early on in my career. And I remember actually thinking to myself that I had less than two minutes left to have this for the rest of my life. Like that that's it. Two, two minutes to be able to say that I had won that gold medal for the rest of my life. That's something I get to tell my grandkids. Hopefully I'm still around by then. But yeah, I remember having my hand raised and I remember having my parents in the crowd and I had the team that I had been training with in the crowd and it was just the most incredible feeling, not because I'd won that particular bout, but just knowing what I had sacrificed to get there and that I actually could do it. And sometimes I look back on that and I'm like, I could actually never do that again. Like what I gave up and the amount that I did to make that happen was pretty crazy, but very special moment and one that I think set the set the tone for everything that was to come in later years. Two minutes to change your life. Yeah. Eh? Just two minutes and change your life and story for the grandkids. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> that's the that's definitely the tagline. Yeah. I think that those moments would be obviously you said they're incredible and they're amazing, but it's almost all worth it all the hard trainings, all the times that you put effort in and all the sacrifices that your mum and dad would have put in towards this program, standing there, arm being raised like you talked about, the the relief and just like, I did it. I can't believe I did it. It must have been such an incredible feeling. It is and I think not just fight-wise but when you've got a goal that you're so passionate about and you want so badly, often people don't understand it. Like they don't understand why you give things up and they think it's a little bit stupid, you know. It could be anything and only you really know how much you want it. And I think that's a really special thing, you know, when people look at you and they don't understand why you're doing something and then it's that moment that it all comes together. You go, ah, that's why I did all of that. with a sport like this, I feel like the generic is, oh, why aren't you playing netball or why aren't you playing volleyball or why aren't you playing football? So I feel like people – might not have it related to you. So that's probably why you're like, well, you don't understand what I'm doing. It's a completely different sport that the norm is. Breaking down the norms. Yeah. You're on a Triple H podcast and with Carly. Carly, where did you, how did you get that? How did you get that drive to say, fuck you, I'm going to do it? It's um, 10 o'clock at night and you've been training for seven hours and 
you're just dead and you should be day at school and you're flying out in a few weeks' time and you're just like, geez Louise, like I'm about to head into the sauna with a full Adidas tracksuit on <laughs> while pouring boiling water on my head to cut weight, right? Because it's brutal. It's savage. How, where did that come from? I just, I want to tap into that. Of like, where did that drive, like just that ability to drive and just like, just to dominate and win. To be honest, I think there's a part of me that was born with it because I see it in my brother and sister as well. They're very much the same. But I think we have our parents to thank a lot for that because they grinded so hard to get to where they are and we were fortunate enough to see that as we were growing up. Don't get me wrong, we were pushed pretty hard as kids. Like My parents were and my dad really wanted us to excel like not excelling wasn't really an option for us um which can seem harsh but for us as kids we were able to reach every goal that we wanted to so I think that's pretty special but I think once you've got a taste of achieving something and you see that you're capable of doing it you just want more you get a taste for that sense of achievement and you just want to keep on going and I don't know, there's there's something in me that's never satisfied and don't get me wrong, that can be really unhealthy at times but I'm never, I'm never content with what I've got. I always want something more so I'm always like, okay, I got that, now I need to step up again. So I think it's just something that I've been lucky enough to grow up with and witness but then also I've developed as I've gotten older as well. Amazing. There you go. Thank you to the parents. Thank you for making us like that and pushing us maybe sometimes when we didn't want to. Exactly. Very grateful for it. What's uh, What's next for Carly then? What's next for me is uh, we're actually looking to move our club soon and that is going to, for me, come with a lot more responsibility because hopefully it's going to be the permanent home for the future so I think building a club um obviously my dad has built this incredible club like this is his legacy how are you going to feel when you move away from this because it's easy to be like new home new facilities but once it actually happens it's like moving away from your childhood house you're like okay well um yeah this is where all my memories are and everything that I've done and then that's when it hits you yeah and uh there's been a lot of people come through these doors I've trained for a lot of fights and titles in in this gym and and, yeah, it's something very special that my dad has built. But when we make our move, I'll be stepping up and it's very exciting but it's also quite daunting to think in the near future it will. I'll be taking on his legacy. So it's pretty powerful and I'm really excited for it. But that's my focus will be continuing on in uh, everything that he's built essentially. So that will be my main focus. But, yeah, obviously I'd like to – keep trying to run Pride Fight Series and and make it um, a really quality show here in Australia, really make a name name for itself there and I'd like to do a little bit more community-based work, I think. So at the moment I'm quite business-driven. So at the moment I'm doing a little bit of planning to try and get some junior development programs up up and running. So, you know, that's my way of giving back. So, yeah. Awesome. All good things. Triple H, all done. Well done. How do you feel? Good. Thank you so much for having me. Don't be silly. That got deep. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, it did. It was awesome. Have you got any uh, fights coming out? Uh, yes. I'd like to be having my retirement fight soon. So my last, Whoa. my last, last dance in the ring. <gasps> last dance. Last dance. It'll be my last dance. Do we have a? Can you say anything? Uh, it's you can't, sti- we can't still break it here first. <laughs> Get straight, straight from the source. I You'll wish, have to I call could, into the pod when, when you find out yeah, so we can be the, so we can, people can quote us. <laughs> I definitely will. But, yeah, at the moment uh, nothing's set in stone. Okay, but it's low. The last dance is, is coming. It's coming, the last dance. Well, we will be there. We'll record, I reckon. Let's bring podcast gear to the last dance and we'll live reaction to the – yeah. That's Just, a – Yep. Just one of these ones. Stay tuned. Yes. Yeah, I'm going to stop just, talking. I'm going to stop talking because it's a million dollar idea. I've got, I've got one more question before we wrap up the Triple H. So you're talking about how your dad and mum set this up and then you're the next legacy you can take over. How would you feel if your kids were like, I don't want anything to do with this? How do you feel when you have children one day about having them involved? Yeah, I don't know. I think 
I'm going to be one of those parents that forces my kids to do martial arts anyway, not necessarily to compete but for the for the discipline and the self-defence. Yep. So they don't have to stick at it but there's going to be a period of time where they're going to have to do it. I think most people are like that. If they're involved in something, it's like if I'm involved at the footy, you at least do kick just to learn, yeah. meet people or we're involved in the nippers, kind of <laughs> learn just how to swim. It'll be fun. I wish I had that. <laughs> Still can't swim. Yeah. We'll, we'll teach it, don't worry. Yeah, so I think, yeah, shout out to my future kids. I'm going to force you to do some more <laughs> Shout out. Arts. I love that. <laughs> shout out future kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Get ready. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I don't know. It would be nice to think that someone in the family will then take on from me. It's a bit scary to think about the future that far in advance. But yeah. Well, let's not worry about it then. Let's live in the moment. <laughs> Speaking of the moment, Dan, what went well for you last week? Um, and what are you looking forward to? This is a little thing we like to do. We like to end on a little, you know what I mean, real refresher of your life. Nothing crazy, and I didn't want to say it because I talk about football all the time, but I did go watch Hawthorne versus Port. I'm a big Hawthorne supporter, and we absolutely destroyed put it right them. them up, right up them. Like, absolutely <laughs> smacked Port. All right, well, we've, we've just lost a few followers now. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. So it's always good being the visitor. Sure. And just rocking up, backs against the wall. We weren't supposed to win, but we just absolutely smacked them. Ten goals. So... That was awesome. I enjoyed that. And what I'm looking forward to is I'm heading off to Middleton soon with you, with our team. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that just because there's been a lot of organising for that and hopefully it goes really well because that's why you do things. I, I wouldn't be off. looking forward to it, man. You and me sleeping in a tent, you are getting no sleep. I just have to let you know. I don't like know I'm what's going to be worse, sleeping with you if for the farts or sleeping with you because of the snoring. Snoring. Okay. It's terrible. It's terrible. I'm going to die alone purely because of that snoring, man. So I'm, yeah, apologetic. Well, this might be the last episode. Yeah, this might be the last episode. You might kill me in my sleep. Carly, well done for being on the last episode for the Triple H podcast. But I'm looking forward to it. It should be a great time for (laughs) the team. But that's me. What about you, Carly? Anything, what's been good about this week for you? Oh, this week, lots of good things. Um, I think a real highlight for me this week was... I had a really old student come back. So they were a student of mine and then they left for four years and then came back. Love it. Yeah, and it was just really nice because they were like, you know, I never felt like I really left. I was always a part of the community and I felt like I could walk back in like nothing changed and I was like, I love that. So that really set my week. And then uh, something you're looking forward to, months, weeks, years, something that you're looking forward to. Uh, I'm really looking forward to a very busy work week this week and I know that sounds funny but because of COVID business has been a little bit up and down and I am fully booked and pumping this week so I am keen to work my ass off. (laughs) Has COVID really affected your business? Uh, Yeah it has definitely. People are a little bit afraid to get out and obviously we're in a contact environment so it makes it And it's not outdoors as well. Yeah that's right. Yeah tough. It's been hard. Well hopefully more people now that COVID's slowly, we've almost beaten COVID. Hopefully when everything starts to slow down a little bit, people can start coming back into Absolutely. the community. Jetty, what have you looked forward yeah, to this thanks, week? Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, I, I thought to it was going to be a triangle no, situation. No, it's fine. No, it's fine, no, it's Carly. Carly. I get it. Yeah, Carly doesn't get it. Carly. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. You're learning. Um, uh, what went well? I DJed a couple of events in Melbourne. That was great. Did a wedding and then did my mate's house party. It's just like a bit of fun. I wouldn't really count. I didn't get paid for it, but it's a good night. It's good fun. And then one thing I'm really looking forward to, we're having you and I and our amazing designer, Charlotte, we're having a little dinner Wednesday night. She's organising it. She's booking it. We need to have a meeting. Need to get Dan in shape. Need to bring him up to scratch. Just It's a, it's one of those meetings, a bit of a performance meeting. It's yeah. going to be a, hey, a Dan, review. A, a review. review of everyone. And just um, it's not looking too good for Dan. I thought you meant up to shape and fitness. I was like, well, we're at the, we're at the gym already. Yeah, I'll, we'll, I'll, we'll get the punch bags out. Well, speaking on that, I wanted to end on Carly. Who do you think would win in a fight? <laughs> Dan or Jed? No pressure. No pressure. Oh, Heads up. I know the answer for one. other things. I've been Jed and other things. Sure. Oh, I don't know. I can't say. No, 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 no feelings going to be hurt. No, no, no feelings <laughs> will be hurt. We just want to put this to bed. And just know that whoever you say is like the the other person isn't going to train. Like it's going to become right. a thing now. I've got a better idea. Why don't we, once the podcast's finished, why don't we just get in the ring and we'll just no, find no, out? No, no, yeah, no, 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 no. I don't I'm want that. that. See? that. This, is, this, yeah, is, this is why Carly, you- who's going to win? On face value, who's going to win? Oh. Dan, how tall are you? Let's do the uh, uh, height and weight. Six foot two. 
You're not 6'2". Six 6'2". <laughs> six You're 6'1 six on a good day. I'm 6'2". All right. 6'1". Six, six and uh, <laughs> I'll say I'm 5'9". Just to make myself feel better. And what are we talking weight-wise? Um, I'm clocking in at a big, I reckon. Oh, gosh. It's been a don't, big month or so. Don't hold back. Uh, 82, you, I reckon. 82 kgs. I reckon about 77. Oh, that's such a hard one. That's that's hard. We're like different classes. Is the height a big thing? Let, uh, it can be if they can use it. Yeah, for well, sure. Well, there we go. Now, I've sure. never I've never been in a fight in my life. Like <laughs> that's a good I've been thing. in situations where people might push me in town or something. I'd be like, why are you pushing me? Okay, well let's go with Jed based on the <laughs> fact that you don't you don't yeah. like to be I'm a lover, not a fighter. And the fact that I'm, I don't care if I live I wanted in a to fight. say that I wanted to add this. I'm from down south as well. <laughs> yes. Oh Carly. God. So I know Carly's can resonate. That's what we have different. It's uh yeah, we build different down here. And, and where do you live now, sorry? No comment. <laughs> let's end on that note. Hey, just because we made it out the mud, Dan, don't be like that. But in passing, Carly, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Well done, Carly. Proud of you. And I guess in final comments, you're not weak if you speak. Sometimes all it can take is two minutes to change your life. Thanks for listening to the Triple H Podcast. Like and subscribe on Spotify or Apple Music to stay up to date with episodes and follow us at the Triple H Podcast on Instagram. If you wish to get in touch with us, send an email at the Triple H Podcast at gmail.com. Special thank you to Prizefight for providing the theme, his song, Vulnerable. And thank you to Uncle Michael O'Brien for our show's Welcome to Country. <laughs>